Hello, friends. Sleep Tight Stories, Sleep Tight Relax, and Sleep Tight Science are now available to play on Story Button, the device that makes it easy to listen to our shows and more without having to use a phone or tablet. This month, you can save $10 at storybutton.com when you use the code SLEEPTIGHT. Story Button, the home of imagination. Welcome to Sleep Tight Relax. Thank you very much for listening. Our sleep story tonight is about a fairy, or a brownie as he's called, that lived in the coal cellar of the house in our story. The brownie in our story does not like messy or untidy places and is used to getting a bowl of milk left out for him. When the old cook leaves the house, and the new cook comes, she doesn't think this is necessary. The brownie wakes up one evening as it is getting dark and looks for his bowl of milk, but can't find it anywhere. So he goes to the kitchen to get some for himself. When he gets to the kitchen, he finds a huge mess on the table. There was all sorts of food left on the table that had not been put away. So he helps himself and also gets dirty footprints all over the nice white tablecloth. When the cook gets up the next morning, all the food is gone, but she sees the footprints and thinks it must have been the cat. Will she figure out who it really was? Before we continue with our story, let's first make sure you are cozy and comfortable. Turn off the lights, silence notifications, find your comfortable place your place to relax, or your favorite position in bed. Wiggle around a little bit and make yourself comfortable. This is your safe place. A place where you can relax and sleep. Where you feel warm and cozy. And you get to return to this place at the end of each day. Now close your eyes if you like and we'll begin with a few slow, deep belly breaths. Each time you breathe in, breathe all the way down into your belly. Take a deep breath in. and out. 
Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. Take another breath, fill your body and allow your breathing to relax you as you exhale fully. Breathe in relaxation, breathe out tension. Breathe in and breathe out. Keep breathing slowly like this for as long as you feel comfortable. The Adventures of a Brownie There was once a little brownie who lived, where do you think he lived? In a coal cellar. Now a coal cellar may seem a most curious place to choose to live in. But then a brownie is a curious creature. A fairy, and yet not one of the sort of fairies who fly about on gossamer wings and dance in the moonlight and so on. He never dances. And as to wings, what use would they be to him in a coal cellar? He is a serious, stay-at-home, household elf. Nothing much to look at, even if you did see him, which you are not likely to do. Only a little old man, about a foot high, all dressed in brown with a brown peaked cap, just the color of a brown mouse. And like a mouse, he hides in corners, especially kitchen corners, and only comes out after dark when nobody is around. And so sometimes people call him Mr. Nobody. I said you were not likely to see him. I never did, certainly, and never knew anybody that did. But still, if you were to go into the country, you would hear many funny stories about brownies in general. And so, I may as well tell you about an adventure of this particular brownie who belonged to a family there, which family he had followed from house to house most faithfully for years and years. A good many people had heard him, or supposed they had, when there were extraordinary noises about the house, 
noises which must have come from a mouse or a rat or a brownie. But nobody had ever seen him except the children, the three little boys and three little girls who declared he often came to play with them when they were alone and was the nicest companion in the world. Though he was such an old man, hundreds of years old, he was full of fun and mischief and up to all sorts of tricks, but he never did anybody any harm. Brownie was supposed to live under one particular coal pile in the darkest corner of the cellar, which was never allowed to be disturbed. Why he had chosen it, nobody knew. And how he lived there, nobody knew either, nor what he lived upon. Except that, ever since the family could remember, there had always been a bowl of milk put behind the coal cellar door for the brownie supper. Perhaps he drank it, perhaps he didn't. Anyhow, the bowl was always found empty the next morning. The old cook, who had lived all her life with the family, had never forgotten to give Brownie his supper. But at last she left, and a young cook came in her place, who very often forgot everything. She was not very careful and also lazy, and disliked taking the trouble to put a bowl of milk in the same place every night for Mr. Nobody. She didn't believe in brownies, she said. She had never seen one, and seeing's believing. So she laughed at the other servants who looked very serious and put the bowl of milk in its place as often as they could, without saying much about it. But once, when Brownie woke up at his usual hour for rising, 10 o'clock at night, and looked round in search of his supper, which was, in fact, his breakfast, he found nothing there. At first, he could not imagine such a thing and went about smelling and smelling for his bowl of milk. It was not always placed in the same corner now. But alas, no luck. This will never do, he said, and being extremely hungry, began ranning about the coal cellar to see what he could find. His eyes were as useful in the dark as in the light, like a cat's, but there was nothing to be seen. Not even a potato peel or a dry crust or a well-gnawed bone such as Tiny the Terrier sometimes brought into the coal cellar and left on the floor. Nothing at all but heaps of coal and coal dust. 
And even a brownie cannot eat that, you know. I can't stand this. This is quite impossible, said the brownie, tightening his belt to make his poor little inside feel less empty. He had been asleep so long, about a week, I believe, as was his habit when there was nothing to do, that he seemed ready to eat his own head or his boots or anything. What's to be done? Since nobody brought me my supper, I must go and fetch it myself. He spoke quickly, for he always thought quickly, and made up his mind in a minute. To be sure, it was a very little mind, like his little body, but he did the best he could with it and was not a bad sort of fellow after all. In the house, he had never done any harm, and often some good, for he frightened away all the mice, spiders, and black beetles. Not the crickets, though. He liked them, as the old cook had done. She said they were such cheerful creatures and always brought luck to the house. But the young cook could not stand them and used to try everything to get rid of them. So there was not even a cricket singing in the silent house when Brownie put his head out of his coal cellar door, which to his surprise, he found open. Old cook used to lock it every night, but the young cook had left that key and the kitchen and pantry keys too, all dangling in the lock so that any thief might have gotten in and wandered all over the house without being found out. Hooray, cried Brownie, tossing his cap up in the air and bounding right through the washing room into the kitchen. It was quite empty, but there was a good fire burning itself out just for its own amusement, and the remains of a huge supper lay spread out on the table, enough for half a dozen people being left still. Would you like to know what there was? Local cream, of course, and part of a large dish of junket, which is something like curds and whey. Lots of bread and butter and cheese, and half an apple pudding. Also, a big jug of cider and another of milk, and several half-full glasses, and no end of dirty plates, knives, and forks. All were scattered about the table in the most untidy fashion, just as if the people had risen from their supper without thinking to put anything away. Brownie scrunched up his little old face and turned up his button of a nose and gave a long whistle. You might not believe it, seeing he lived in a coal cellar, but he really liked tidiness and always played his tricks upon disorderly or lazy folk. 
Phew, he said. Here's a chance. What a supper I'll get now. And he jumped onto a chair and then onto the table, but so quietly that the large black cat with four white paws called Muffy, because she was so fat and soft and her fur so long, who sat dozing in front of the fire, just opened one eye and went to sleep again. She had tried to get her nose into the milk jug, but it was too small, and the junket disc was too deep for her to reach, except with one paw. She didn't care much for bread and cheese and apple pudding, and was very well fed besides, so, after just wandering round the table, she had jumped down from it again and settled herself to sleep on the fireplace. But Brownie had no notion of going to sleep. He wanted his supper. And oh, what a supper he did eat. First one thing, and then another, and then trying everything all over again. And what a lot he drank. First milk, and then cider, and then mixed the two together in a way that would have disagreed with anybody except a brownie. As it was, he had to loosen his belt several times and at last just took it off altogether. But he must have had a most extraordinary capacity for eating and drinking, since, after he had nearly cleared the table, he was just as lively as if he had had no supper at all. Now his jumping was a little awkward, for there happened to be a clean white tablecloth, as this was only Monday, it had had no time to get dirty, untidy as the cook was. And, you know, Brownie lived in a coal cellar, and his feet were black, with running about in the coal dust. So wherever he walked, he left the impression behind, until at last the whole tablecloth was covered with black marks. Not that he minded this. In fact, he took great pains to make the cloth as dirty as possible. And then, laughing loudly, ha ha ha, leaped onto the fireplace and began teasing the cat, squeaking like a mouse, or chirping like a cricket, or buzzing like a fly. And altogether disturbing poor Kitty so much that she went and hid herself in the farthest corner and left him the hearth all to himself, where he lay until daybreak. Then, hearing a small noise overhead, which might be the servants getting up, he jumped onto the table again, gobbled up the few remaining crumbs for his breakfast, and scampered off to his coal cellar where he hid himself under his big coal pile 
and fell asleep for the day. When the cook came downstairs rather earlier than usual, for she remembered she had to clear off the remains of supper, lo and behold, there was nothing left to clear. Every bit of food was eaten up. The cheese looked as if a dozen mice had been nibbling at it and nibbled it down to the very rind. The milk and cider were all finished and mice don't care for milk and cider, you know. As for the apple pudding, it had vanished altogether, and the dish was licked as clean as if Boxer, the yard dog, had been at it in his hungriest mood. And my tablecloth, oh, my clean white tablecloth, what could have been done to it? She cried in amazement, for it was covered all over with little black footprints, just the size of a baby's foot. Only babies don't wear shoes with nails in them and don't run about and climb on kitchen tables after all the family has gone to bed. Cook was a little frightened, but her fright changed to anger when she saw the large black cat stretched comfortably on the hearth. Poor Muffy had crept there for a little snooze after Brownie had gone away. You naughty cat, I see it all now. It's you that have eaten up all the supper. It's you that have been on my clean tablecloth with your dirty paws. They were white paws, and as clean as possible. But the cook never thought of that any more than she did of the fact that cats don't usually drink cider or eat apple pudding. I'll teach you to come stealing food in this way. Cook got hold of a broom and chased poor Kitty till the creature ran away. She couldn't speak, you know, unfortunate cat, and tell people that it was Brownie who had made the mess. Next night, Cook thought she would make everything safe and sure. So, instead of letting the cat sleep by the fire, she put her in the chilly coal cellar, locked the door, put the key in her pocket, and went off to bed, leaving the supper as before. When Brownie woke up and looked out of his hole, there was, as usual, no supper for him. And the cellar door was closed shut. He peered about to try and find some cranny under the door to creep out at, but there was none. And he felt so hungry that he could have eaten almost anything. Something must be done. And luckily, brownies can do things which nobody else can do. So he thought he would change himself into a mouse and gnaw a hole through the door. But then he suddenly remembered the cat might take this opportunity to eat him. So he thought it best to wait till she was fast asleep, which did not happen for a good while. At length, 
quite tired from walking about. Kitty turned around on her tail six times, curled down in a corner, and fell fast asleep. Immediately, Brownie changed himself into the smallest mouse possible, and taking care not to make the least noise, gnawed a hole in the door and squeezed himself through, immediately turning into his proper shape again for fear of accidents. The kitchen fire was at its last glimmer, but it showed a better supper than even last night, for the cook had had friends with her, a brother and two cousins, and they had been exceedingly merry. The food they had left behind was enough for three brownies at least, but this one managed to eat it all up. Only once in trying to cut a great slice of beef, he let the carving knife and fork fall with such a clatter that Tiny the terrier, who was tied up at the foot of the stairs, began to bark furiously. However, he brought her her puppy, which had been left in a basket in the corner of the kitchen, and so succeeded in quieting her. After that, he enjoyed himself amazingly and made more marks than ever on the white tablecloth, for he began jumping about like a pea on a plate in order to make his particularly large supper agree with him. Then, since the cat was in the cellar, he teased the puppy for an hour or two till hearing the clock strike five, he thought he might as well turn himself into a mouse again and creep back cautiously into his cellar. He was only just in time, for Muffy opened one eye and was just going to pounce upon him when he changed himself back into a brownie. She was so startled that she bounded away, her tail growing into twice its natural size and her eyes gleaming like round green globes. But Brownie only said, ha, ha, ho, and walked deliberately into his hole. When Cook came downstairs and saw that the same thing had happened again, that the supper was all eaten and the tablecloth blacker than ever with the extraordinary footmarks, she was greatly puzzled. Who could have done it all? Not the cat who came mewing out of the coal cellar the minute she unlocked the door. Possibly a rat? But then would a rat have come within reach of Tiny? It must have been Tiny herself, or her puppy, which just came rolling out of its basket over Cook's feet. You little scamp. You and your mother are the greatest nuisance imaginable. And quite forgetting that Tiny had been safely tied up all night and that her puppy was so fat and helpless it could scarcely stand on its legs, to say nothing of jumping on chairs and tables. She chased them round until they ran, howling together, out of the kitchen door, where the kind little kitchen maid took them up in her arms. You ought to have looked for the brownie if you could catch him, 
she said in a whisper. He will do it again and again, you'll see, for he can't bear an untidy kitchen. You'd better do as poor old cook did and clear the supper things away and put odds and ends safe in the larder also, she added. And if I were you, I would put a bowl of milk behind the coal cellar door. Nonsense, answered the young cook and flounced away. But afterward she thought better of it and did as she was advised, grumbling about it all the time, but doing it. The next morning, the milk was gone. Perhaps Brownie had drunk it all up anyhow. Nobody could say that he hadn't. As for the supper, Cook having safely laid it all on the shelves of the larder, nobody touched it. And the tablecloth, which was wrapped up tidily and put in the dresser drawer, came out as clean as ever, with not a single black footmark upon it. No mischief being done, the cat and the dog both had a peaceful day, and Brownie played no more tricks with anybody. Till the next time. Sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs>